When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com and also our friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, three games in, as we talk right here, the Lakers are one and two with a very close victory, but we'll take it nonetheless on Sunday night. LeBron did get a leg injury because somebody did roll on his leg. And almost got a repeat of what happened last year. He says right now he's going to do whatever he can to try to make the Tuesday game. So it's not something that hopefully will linger on during the course of the season. So far, we've got returns. We're already on Russell Westbrook. We've got returns on the bench, Carmelo Anthony. And of course, what's going on with LeBron and AD as well. But here today to talk about what's going on with the Lakers. And what's coming up in the next few games, because this next six games is extremely important to the team and how well they'll do as far as the early part of the season. This is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out each and every time as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, wanted to go and hear your thoughts on how important this next six-game stretch is for the Lakers because... They are all very winnable games. You got San Antonio in San Antonio tomorrow. And then after that, you've got some games that include Cleveland, two games against Houston, and two games against Oklahoma City. So you've got at San Antonio, at OKC, then you've got Cleveland at home, and then you've got two games against Houston, and then you come back again against OKC. We've got some games coming up for the Lakers that are very winnable. And I think this is going to be a key test that the Lakers need to go ahead and go five and one or six and zero oh to go ahead and showcase that again, the, the, that the Lakers are for real. So I want to hear your thoughts on this, my friend, how important is this series coming up over the next six games? We were looking at the schedule before the season started and we knew that there was going to be some time, especially after Carmelo said, you know, this is going to take a minute to get, you know, you know, situated. 
there was some good things coming up in terms of the schedule where I was like, you know what? If we can go two and one in the first three games, we have a chance at winning six or seven games after that in a row versus the competition. And then, you know, being able to get the team, you know, team chemistry going in the first, let's say, 10 games. It's it's good that we're playing these marginal teams. Let's let's make it work. And then by the time, you know, all that confidence is being built up and wins always bring things to you. And even if you're playing low level teams, they're they're in a very good position to to do that. I mean, you could win the next, let's just say go they go six and one. You're looking at uh, a seven and three start. I'll take that. I'll take that the first 10 games. And then if we can mimic that again in the, in the next 10 and go 14 and six, then I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're kind of getting off to, you know, the, a good start. And then hopefully after 20 games, now you kind of get a good idea of where this team is likely going to go. Frank Vogel for the first time in the lot in, in his you know, two years coaching the Lakers, I'm starting to feel a little, I don't know. Mm, does Frank know what he wants to do? He's going to need to figure something out here. And I know he's not an offensive guru. I know he's a defensive guy. But it's very obvious that Rob Palinka did a little reverse on the team philosophy after last year. Because they had the number one defense in the league. That's with LeBron and AD missing a lot of action towards the end of the year. But it didn't mean anything in the playoffs. So what does it mean now? It means maybe we do a little bit more offense. We're going to take a little bit of a you know hit on defense. But the offense will hopefully cover that problem. I don't know yet, you know. I don't know, and I don't want to jump to conclusions. I don't want to dog on Frank and say he's not coaching well. I'm not saying he's not coaching well. It just looks like he doesn't really know what to do yet. AD looks bigger. I'm assuming he allowed himself to get bigger so that he can be prepared to play the five more. The problem with that is he's not as fluid with the extra pounds. So you're kind of talking out of both mouths on on that situation. Well, if you want AD to play the five, he's going to have to be physically ready to take the pounding. But the problem is you're not going to get the AD that you're used to seeing, who's the four, who's kind of the gazelle. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there and what AD will decide to do as he gets, you know, his breath together, you know, basketball breath and, does he end up dropping 10, 15 pounds in the next you know month or so so that he can get back to his normal weight and say, you know what, uh, let's just stick to a you know me playing the four. I'll slip over to the five on occasion, but we're going to need um, – I want to play at this weight. I want to play at the four because that's where I'm going to be most effective. I just – it's, it's it, it, we're going to have to wait, Gerald. We're going to have to wait. I don't, I don't know. I think Russell Westbrook in this last game showed that – he, you know, he's going to get there. I really believe he will get there. I'd say worst case scenario, he'll get there after the new year. He'll get there after the new year, like he did last year, where he was just balls out, dropping 2013 and 13 in the last second half of last year. I think you can see that. And it's going to help LeBron 
that will help LeBron kind of ease up on the minutes, which is what we need. And for the life of me, is it just me? Or are the Lakers the only freaking team that have people falling on their legs? What is this? Desmond Bain did fall on LeBron's leg last night. What is this? Every, every, since Bynum in 07 and 08, every year it's somebody falling on one of our guys' legs. I don't, I don't, what are we, are we, I don't get it. I don't get how that happens only to us. And it's already happened to LeBron, what, twice? I don't know. It's, uh, I can't explain it other than it's just weird. Do you think he sits tomorrow? I mean, he wants to play, but I have a I have a small feeling they're going to sit him. But I don't know. What do you think? I think if he's all at all ready to play, he's going to play. Okay. Well, he looked under the weather uh, yesterday. Uh, I don't. There's no word. I don't have any confirmation that he was. But he didn't. He didn't look. He looked like he was a level lower than normal. Just yeah. Looked, well, ultimately fatigued. showed. Yeah, I mean, ultimately showed out in the stats whether it was. Him get you know a feeling the effects of what Desmond Bain did by rolling on his leg or or what have you. It just he didn't have the kind of zip uh, that he had had in the previous two games. He still shot the ball well from three, and that's something that you know he if, if he is continuing to do so, that's great. I hope it doesn't take away from his aggressiveness because he falls in love with that jump shot. But you know if he's shooting fifty percent from three, you really can't argue with that. He's he's been amazing. He's been an amazing shooter the last few years. You can't deny that. The guy put in the work and his 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 even his post-up game, which for what the first 17 years of his career, let's say 16, we we I never thought he was gonna develop it. I really never thought we we would always say like LeBron never really developed the post game, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere in his 18th year, he starts looking like Jordan in, you know, in, in between 96 and 98, where he's just getting to the block, doing a little drop step, you know, fade away, and he's making all of them. So, hey. If he's, if he's able, I'd say he plays this game in San Antonio, and then he rests at OKC. That could be it. I, I really think at some point the Lakers are going to have to play him 27 minutes a game. There ha- that has to be a priority. Okay, you have a 32-year-old speedy Russell Westbrook. Once he starts to get the flow, which let's say within 20 games, hopefully 20 games. I know I said, you know, after the new year where he's really got it down. But let's just say we can get lucky and and he's feeling comfortable after 20 games. You got to let him run. You got to let him run the team and let, let LeBron rest, you know, and let him be ready for when when we're playing the big boys. You know, you can use LeBron more than uh, more than thirty point more than thirty minutes a game, but if we're playing Houston, we're playing OKC, we're playing Cleveland. LeBron cannot play more than 26, 27 minutes in those games. We have to preserve him. We have the guy that can do it. And then again, AD has to figure out what the hell he wants to do. And there is no you're, he's twenty. He's a twenty seven year old superstar in his prime. And he's a big, and he's got skill set that no one has, okay, other than maybe Giannis to some degree. But AD has to be a MVP caliber player, and he has to win the Defensive Player of the Year this year so that it, it makes the team as good as it can be. And then guys like Melo, guys like Malik Monk, guys like Nunn when they get back, guys like THT, 
you know, those guys will fall in line and they'll have their games every now and then. But these three are the guys that are going to have to play a certain way to make this work. And we're going to wait and see if that can happen. I don't see how it won't. There's, there's really no choice that they have. <laughs> this is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But Joe, before we head on out, it's time for that magic pitch to tell everybody why they should go ahead and head on over to LakersBall.com to be part of the conversation there. All the stuff that's going on in the forums and all the great happenings that are happening, said happening twice, at LakersBall.com. Well, we've had some new posters, especially on the game time thread during the games. I noticed there's 15 and 20 people on there now, whereas before it was more, you know, 8 to 13. Maybe sometimes we'd get lucky and have 15. So I don't know if it's directly because of Lakers fast break, I'm going to take a guess that it has helped. There are more people on there, new names that I hadn't seen before up until, you know, a month ago. So I think there's some traction here with both shows or both entities kind of feeding each other. And we're going to continue to try to create that positive vibe. And the the game time threads actually haven't had really any negativity in it the first three games because there were some times where guys were just – dog and all the players and the mods were sitting there going, you know, stop doing this, stop doing this. It's almost like a parent telling their kid, stop, stop, stop. But the kid's not listening. And you don't want to be that parent that has to send everybody to their room. You know, they're trying not to be that, that people, those people. But so far this year, we haven't had anybody, you know, we have, you know, people going, oh, this is a disaster or this, you know, Westbrook is this, but it's not like, obnoxious so we've got we've got something that's sort of building here so i'm very happy with with lakers ball and where it's going it's continuing to do the good things and hopefully between our show and 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 the good things going on there we're gonna we're gonna keep the good vibes going i i we have no you know again we have no choice (laughs) my my baseball season's over i was I was anticipating another title this year, so I was excited about both. And then now I'm kind of just like, God, I got to lean on something. My Steelers are a mediocre team at best. Uh, that's not going to really go anywhere. Hopefully next year there'll there'll be some changes where they can, you know, go on to the next phase. But the Lakers are my only Lakers are the only chance I have at at, at, a, at a chance at seeing another championship. So. We're, we're all in with the Lakers, uh, especially at Lakers Ball. Be part of the conversation today at LakersBall.com. Remember, there's some good things coming up, hopefully for the team as they go and start on a set where, again, you have very winnable games against the Spurs coming up tomorrow. And we'll report on that with the Lakerholics right after the game there at San Antonio. Then you have at OKC. 
Then you have home against Cleveland, two back-to-back games at home against Houston, and then another game at home on the back end against OKC. Very winnable games. This should be no more excuses right now. Should be everything that goes along with that as far as teams that are trying to play for the lottery for the most part. Maybe San Antonio is trying to go ahead and try to still have a good season, trying to get in the play-in, the playoffs and all that. But right now, the Lakers should go ahead and take control. The time is now. So hopefully by this time next week when we talk, we'll be able to say a lot better things about what's going on with the Lakers. Definitely. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Indeed. Once again, it's Ox1947. Please go ahead and check out what he's doing today at LakersBall.com. Be part of that great conversation, all those wonderful forums at LakersBall.com. But, Joe, it's been great talking to you again. Cannot thank you enough for stopping by. Appreciate it and looking forward to having you back on after you maybe get some of the Kleenex for, you know, drying the tears from what happened with the Dodgers. There you go. Tears are dry. Um, we got to wait and see who's going to be back. It's... It's going to be very – I think it's going to be an ugly offseason. There's going to be – the dynasty of 16 through 21 is uh, – well, it's not a dynasty. One title is not a dynasty, but no. it's um, – but again, it – Payroll can only go so high. Well, the payroll the payroll is – I think the payroll is a little bit of a I, – I know it's, it's what everyone thinks it is, but you have to also look at the, the, the players that they have. Most of their players are homegrown, and most of the players that are, you know, stars on the team were out, were casted off away from other teams, you know, like Muncie from the A's and Chris Taylor from C- the Seattle Mariners and uh, Justin Turner from the Mets. These guys were not, you know, guys that they just signed like the Yankees used to when they would sign Jason Giambi or, or A-Rod. These are guys that they brought in and, and, and created their career. They basically took them another level up to what they are. And then you got guys like Seeger and Bellinger, Lux. You know, these guys are all farm system guys. Will Smith as well. Mookie's really, if you look at the, the everyday players, you have Pollock, which is at a reasonable contract. And then you have Mookie, who's really the 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 high-paid, you know, trade free agent guy. They only really have one. Everyone else is homegrown. And guys that they developed. And then, of course, you got Kershaw, who they developed. Uh, guys like Trey Turner, guys like Scherzer, those guys were, you know, last-minute guys that they wanted to get to win the title. The reality right now is, are they really going to sign Scherzer? Are they really going to sign Trey Turner in a couple of years when he wants $300 million? It's not very likely they're going to pay Trey Turner $300 million, just like they're not going to pay Corey Seager, 300 million. The reason why is there's too many deficiencies in their game. So the Dodgers have been really good at replenishing and also not spending money on players that, you know, handicap the team, which is why they've been very competitive for a better part of a decade now. However, titles is all that matters. And right now, I don't know what else they can do. I have no idea what else they can do to, to maintain uh, – this run to where they can, you know, have enough juice in the end. And it's just a bummer too. You know, I, I know they've kind of choked in a couple of years, but they also got screwed, Gerald. They got screwed in 17 and 18. I, the, the Red Sox get such a pass. 
they were cheating that year too, and they get a pass. And then the guys that cheated in Houston, the fact that they're still champions and the fact that this, it's a microcosm of kind of everything that's gone on. You know, you can cheat, you can do whatever you want. And the funny thing about all that is, how is it that Pete Rose is still not being accepted? Did, is what Pete Rose did worse than what Houston did? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. They want a well, title. The bigger question is why isn't Steve Garvey in the Hall of Fame? The, Steve Garvey, I'll tell you why I think he's not in the Hall of Fame. Steve Garvey was a dude. He was a man, right? And he was not really probably very, very nice. I don't know. Again, I wasn't around in 81. I was too young. Um, Mid-80s when he played for the Padres, I wasn't watching those games and knowing what was going on, going by kind of what I – The only thing – I'll I'll leave it to this. I'll leave it to this because, again, we're just mostly on the Lakers here that we're talking about. Is that with Steve Garvey – okay – Ted Simmons just got inducted to the Hall of Fame, and Steve Garvey's stats are much better than his. And I'll leave yeah, it. it's 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 the person again. The sports, the voters in baseball are the most temperamental, politically driven group of voters. So, if you in any way piss them off and you're borderline, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a rough time maybe going over the mountain. And I. I I didn't hear, you know, he wasn't Barry Bonds, but I heard he wasn't, you know, accommodating to a lot of those guys. So I think that's probably why he's not in. I don't know. I, again, I this season was a disaster in the end. You watch so many games. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted like I was exhausted after the seven, uh, 2017 season where I didn't even want to think about the following year. Opening day happened in 2018, and I was just, I was still reeling from that loss. Just because you've been waiting and you've been waiting and you've been waiting and you win 106 games, you win 103 games, you go through this entire six, seven month process and you lose the way you lose. You know, it'd be different if you were playing another team that was just so amazing. Like if they had lost to the Giants, I would have been like, okay, well, we we lost the best, you know, best team in the league. Right. But you beat the best team in the league. You, 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 you crush it that the Cardinals who always had your number and then you lose to the Braves the biggest chokers of the last 30 years. It just, ugh, it just, it's just disgusting. And I, I'm depressed. <laughs> well, there you go. Unfortunately, a little bit sour as far as the Dodgers are concerned, but let's see what they can do to right the ship during the off season. And for the Lakers, the season has just started and we will be going ahead and coming back to you this week with games right after, right after the San Antonio game and all the post game shows. We got that coming up for you this week. Plus, Joe's coming back next week to get sh- to share more thoughts on the Lakers, what's going on with them. And, of course, check him out every single day as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Well, Joe, appreciate you stopping by. Cannot thank you enough. Looking forward to having you back on, talking Lakers basketball. Hopefully that will get you in a better mood as the Lakers continue to play. Hopefully they will go ahead through this stretch and go 5-1, and 6-0, whatever they need to go ahead and do to go in and get back into the thick of things. I'm looking forward to a turnaround. It's going to be a lot better conversation between you and I next week at the Lakers Fast Break.